0: Hey everyone. Quick announcement before this week's episode. Uh, our good friend Taylor's sibling, Fennel, is raising funds on GoFundMe for their gender affirming surgery. We would really appreciate it if you would just consider supporting Fennel and check out their GoFundMe page. There's going to be a link in the episode description. Mean the world. Thanks.
1: The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. everyone, welcome back to the Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends keep in touch and shoot the shit. My name is Derek, I'm a writer, director, and avid tabletop
0: RPG player, and with me as always is my good friend, Dane. Hey everyone, I'm Dane, writer, musician, podcaster, lover of tabletop RPGs. So today
1: we're talking about A24's The Green Knight, which is a take on the poem The Green Knight, I believe, or Sir Gawain and The Green Knight. Um, from it's like an old Arthurian myth, and to yeah. kick it off, Dane, what who
0: is your favorite Arthurian knight? Okay, I'm gonna cheat on this answer. It's Morgana, not actually a knight. Okay, so your favorite Arthurian character, then? <laughs> yeah, if I have to, if I have to pick a knight, if I have to pick a knight, I think it's Sir Robin, and that entirely has to do with the Monty Python skit about the brave Sir Robin. Mm. Very fair, just just because it's funny. Um, but actually, the character Morgana is the one that I I find the most fascinating, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I I
1: I definitely agree with you that with that Morgana being a very fascinating character, I think there's something there to the tragedy that is King Arthur that is uh interesting. Um, my favorite knight is Gawain, actually. Um fair he's he's a wonderful knight yeah he's a uh,
0: cuz uh, like according to the poem
1: yeah according to the poem yeah cuz like you know like lancelot is lancelot you know uh mm-hmm. the best friend that you know betrays and ultimately dies spoilers for a several thousand year old myth <laughs> and uh galahad like abandons everybody mm-hmm. um he does and then like uh i mean percival's cool but percival in the actual myth is only in it like at the very literal end like the like unlike in like the tv show merlin where Percival's like a pretty integral part of the cast and for some reason is the only knight that does not have sleeves on any of his chainmail uh which is you know probably a, uh, de- definitely a, a mood <laughs> but enough about bbc's merlin uh let's talk (laughs) about a 24 is the green Knight, um which dane you had hinted at an opinion of this in an episode a few weeks ago i don't think i hinted i think i basically said i hated it yeah yeah you did i was
0: i was being generous yeah you hated it why do you hate (laughs) it let's get that out of the way um okay let me let me start by saying um phenomenal acting phenomenal directing cinematography was lovely I really liked the script. I thought that the visual work was stupendous. Um, costuming, all all of, all of it, all of it was amazing. They just kind of fucked up the story like it. They didn't even proper. they didn't properly tell the tale. And for that, it frustrates me. Um, yeah. Like if they had just told their own story. I, I think I might have loved it. Um, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about, at least on the show, my philosophy on what makes a good um, adaptation. You know, I, I feel like at one point we might have talked to briefly about it, but let's go ahead and hear that again. Okay, so my feeling on an adaptation is an, a very good adaptation captures the heart meaning and essence of a story. It doesn't necessarily have to capture the details because if you're adapting something from one medium to the other... There are things that are unique to each medium that cannot be fully translated. Just impossible, right? There is yeah. no movie that can fully encapsulate a book because a book tends to be pound for pound so much longer and so much more detailed. One right. of the things that a book often excels at, a film sucks at, if that makes sense. Yeah, different mediums definitely have different uh, strengths and weaknesses. Right. There's a reason why in the actual Lord of the Rings books, the battles, while not glossed over, are not heavily focused on in quite the same way as they are in the films. The films lend themselves to showcasing that sort of thing because they're a visual medium, etc. That sort of thing. Right. The film, the A24, right? A24. The A24 film does not end up capturing the story or the spirit of the story. It just, in my opinion, simply doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a darker take on what is generally a very
0: jovial, like, myth. Right, and I was even, like, kind of, like, excited about, like, the darker take. It was like, oh, it's just, I don't know, matured up, right? Like, they just took this direction with it, but they didn't finish the story. So we probably got to get into... The story itself. So, if Sir Gawain is your favorite knight, so why don't you tell the myth? Because it's pretty short and simple. You could just give it like a yeah. brief overview, and then so, we can talk about the the film's take.
1: Yeah. So basically, like the myth itself is about a bet that Sir Gawain makes with the Green Knight, who's from a distant land, and it's you know the whole we're going to exchange blows, yada yada yada. Gawain, you know, cuts off his head and kind of makes a fool out of
0: himself. And then. uh, Right. Because the promise is the the Green Knight shows up in the promises. Wherever you strike me in a year's time, I will strike you. Exactly. And so a year goes and Gawain sets out to go, you know, be do the honorable thing. And And specifically, this is important to the story. He cuts off the Green Knight's head. Yes, Yeah. specifically, yes. He does. (laughs) Yeah, and the Green Knight is magical, therefore picks up the head and is fine, sort of.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, Gawain does what Gawain does best, which is let his arrogance and sort of, like, swashbuckling charm get the better of him. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, he cuts off, he beheads the Green Knight. And so he goes on this quest, and there's, like, several trials and tribulations, all of which, like to kind of gloss over them like Gawain effectively like either solves or resists and ultimately like there's there's, like a confrontation at the castle where he like resists this lord's wife and yes he gets like a magic sash there that is supposed to like protect him and then while confronting the green knight he uh, decides to remove the sash that will protect him from all blows and um, the Green Knight, as a joke, gives him a little like paper cut. Um, I think it's like it's 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 like three. It's it. Yes. It, so there's like three attempts and
0: it's like each one's kind of a joke. Yeah. So basically, there, part of it is he he ends up having to go to the Green Knight's home, the Green Chapel. And not not too far away is a lord and his lady. And for like three days, Gawain stays with them and uh he and the lord of that place like they they decide that whatever um whatever the other is given during that day they will trade so like because the lord goes out hunting and going stays so he over time resists the his what the wife's advances eventually sort of succumbing to a kiss more or less Mm -hmm. um at which point he then gives the lord a kiss and it's a little humiliating on gawain's part Mm -hmm. um he then he gets that sash right and then yeah the knight does three swings of the axe um he to to like take off gawain's head um as was promised on the first gawain flinches and uh the green knight's like i didn't flinch so you shouldn't either and so like gawain like kind of collects himself and he's like okay okay and then he doesn't flinch the second time, but the knight plays a joke. And then the third time the sash comes off and uh, the, the, the ax, he just like nicks his neck. So he yeah. does return the blow. He completes the, the promise. Um, and Gawain proves honor and valor and all of the, the knightly things by being willing to die for his word, right, is the, yeah. the whole idea. At which point, it's revealed that it was the Lord uh, the whole time, and it Correct. was it was an elaborate test and joke on, in that way, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's like it's one of the shorter Arthurian myths, and mm-hmm. uh, thank you for filling in some of those gaps I was missing. Um, it's been a minute since I've read that particular one. Um, yeah, um, uh, so. Yeah, it's a very, it's like a very kind of like, it's, it's a very, it's, it's not like, like it's stressful, but I wouldn't call it like dark and like a thriller, you know, kind of
0: how it is in the movie. Yeah, which to be fair, something to know about the poem itself, because it is a poem, is that it's, it is short. Um and the trials and tribulations in the middle are mostly hinted at or briefly mentioned due to the fact that parts of the story are missing, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, so the crux of the story is the first encounter with the Green Knight and the second, and basically there's a talk in the middle about he sees giants and ghosts and things, right? Like yeah. in the middle, very that's very loose. So, if you ask me. The crux of the, the the poem, the myth that needs to be uh, told is Gawain needs to the, the crux of it is that the the, the reveals need to happen. That like right. Gawain's bravery was rewarded. Um and basically this like it's a whole story about Gawain learning to be honest and really mean what he says. Right. Mm -hmm. So a really big part of that is seeing it all the way through. We have to see that it was that, that in the end he's rewarded for doing the right thing, even though he makes mistakes along the way. And that like, He's supposed to wear the green sash forever afterwards as a reminder to be honest and to do right, you know? Yeah. So the important thing to know about the film, which, of course, does take a slightly more thriller fantasy take on it. There is definitely a more dark, mature tone to the whole thing. The really important thing to know is that it sticks really closely to the story mostly in spirit the stuff with the with the lord's wife is a bit uh i would i would call it a little bit more mature risque it's more sexual less chaste yeah uh arthurian um kiss on the cheek style myth um right. which you know is a fine uh, update i guess to it or if you'd want to call it that or version mm-hmm. to go The problem for me lies in the fact that the actual crux of the whole thing, like I said, is that the that the blow is delivered in such a way that it was always meant to just see if Gawain really was a man of his word. It was never about like truly giving recompense. Right. It was not about vengeance. It was about honor. Right. At the end of the film... we see the first two blows, but we don't see the third. Yeah. So I should have said spoilers first, but like spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, the first blow comes, he flinches like normal. The second blow, um, he doesn't flinch. And after a prolonged, um, look into a potential future, he takes off the sash. Um, And then the the knight says, I'm very proud of you. Now off with your head. And then the film ends. So we don't get the actual catharsis of the myth. We don't. The myth is not fully told because there's a twist. Right. Mm -hmm. The twist is missed. We don't we don't get it. We don't we you don't get the, the, the moral, the point, the all of it. Because through the whole film, he's like. There doesn't seem to be any reward or punishment for acting poorly. It seems random, and it's supposed to almost sum it up, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I'll say this: as a story on its own, if you were to take all of the actual myth out of it, I think it's a fine film, maybe even a good one. But you put the the fact in that it that the story is one way. It's not only it's not an adaptation. It's not a well, it's not, I guess, teaser for, you know, the next couple episodes after this week's Um, it's not that we had to skip some of the chapters of Harry Potter that were about class because it's a two hour movie. It's right. We missed the point that in Harry Potter, the point is that Harry triumphs over voldemort because of love it's like if that got taken out of the films it's right. it would suddenly not even be it wouldn't even resemble the story anymore and i think the most frustrating part about the whole film for me is the fact that it bungles it at literally the last possible second mm-hmm. right like take say what you will about it being like a dark take or a, or not super like fun or whatever up until that point it was still the story. And then it wasn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that was the most disappointing thing. Frustrating for me. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, on your note of ambiguous
1: endings and you not, and you moving away from ambiguous endings. I think that that tracks, because uh, they, they make it very ambiguous. And I think that, I think in terms of a movie, like that is the way to go having a ambiguous ending, right? You let the audience fill in what happens next based on your interpretation of it. I think that's very much like a film thing, totally. you know? Uh, and I think that's part of why a lot of people really love it is because of that ambiguous ending because they get to decide whether Gawain lives or dies. I know that like, I, I don't know, I, 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 I think for me, I, I'm okay with the ending. I think the ending, like, I think the ending's fine, but I think if, because of the way it ends, I, I I think the movie needed a sort of save the cat moment in the beginning, like an added bit that wasn't in the myth to kind of further, it, it goes back to your point, right? Of like, if it was further differentiated from the myth and it wasn't like necessarily the myth and you forget that it might be like in your eyes, like a better, right?
0: Yeah, it doesn't. In that case, then I could judge it on its own. Yeah. But in this case, it fails to tell the story it's trying to tell. Yeah. And yeah. My other, uh, mm -hmm. my other, before I forget this, real quick, my other feeling about this in particular, um, is that like it's one thing when it's like a recent work that you're adapting to make some changes. I still don't always love that, but like when in this particular case, you are. You are te- you are pu- joint. You are ch- by choosing to tell this story, he is specific- The the director, everybody is specifically deciding to join a long lineage of retellings of this particular story. You have to think about what about that story is the key bit, and I th- I think they picked wrong. Anyways, keep going. So sorry.
1: Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. I. It's. I think it's it's like yeah, because you're right in that it's like there There's some parts of it that i I personally also would agree are missing from this retelling and this sort of adaptation of it, and I think it's for me because it took on this more mature tone and because there's no like save the cat moment where like we see Gawain doing something to make it it more easy for the audience to root for him, I think that because of that, it makes the ending of the film like significantly more ambiguous, which is like what a lot of movies do nowadays. But as a result, like I think it's a lot harder to figure out whether or not like he quote unquote lives or dies, even though in the myth he lives. Right. right. And I think that because there's no save the cat moment, that ending, the kind of grin, because I think that that, sh- that final shot of like the green Knight grinning, I think it's a great shot. It's a great scene in and of itself. Like I, I think it really like, I think if it had like a save the cat moment in the beginning, you would know that the Green Knight is joking at the end and it would have been fine. Right. But because there's no save like the cat moment, which I'll keep harping on because like, like I was talking to a couple of my friends in film about this, but like there's this like huge trend now to have a protagonist whom doesn't necessarily do the right thing early on to get the audience on their side. And it Mm -hmm. makes a very particular type of movie. The kind of movie that like A24 likes to make. They're very like, these like very like, almost like art house. They're like on the border of art house and Oscar, but also like blockbuster, right? They're like somewhere, they've managed to find a very particular triangle, like, or to to find a very particular point in that triangle of art house, Oscar and blockbuster, right? And it's, yeah, and I think like, because of this new like way of developing characters, like we don't get that sense of like, why we're like watching a character suffer, right? Yes. And I and and for me that's like what does it is that because like it's so hard for me to root for Gawain so early on. It's like the joke at the end like it just it didn't hit as well as I would have liked it to and on top of that, too, like I'm a, like I love Dev Patel as an
0: actor, and oh, like, he knocked. It the he's fuck incredible, the right? In that film, like, yeah. Like,
1: there's no uh, one else you can imagine playing Sir no, Gawain, right? No. It's like, and that's what's so like that, like, like you said, like the film has incredible design. It's incredibly written. It's got some incredible visuals and incredible casting and music. It's there's so many good things about this film, but it just leaves out like two or three things from the myth that make it like really hard for both of us to like really enjoy it or like it and like like for you it's 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 parts of the myth and for me it's it's parts of sort of like traditional kind of filmmaking that i'm kind of missing from it and like there's a part of me that feels like maybe like like i know it was all intentional but there's a part of me that wants to see a version of this that is like that right and like with the same cast and everything cuz i i think it was just like it's one of those films that i think i have a feeling right like like this film probably is going to have a bigger influence on the fantasy genre than game of thrones i I, th-
0: I think it i think it might and here and here's the thing like i uh, i wish i genuinely wish that this film had been just like literally Literally, I wish they just changed some names and the title of the film. Seriously, like that, like literally, that's all, that's all I would have needed, like yeah. f- for me to be very about this movie. Because I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, yeah, actually, I'm kind of about the idea of a art house fantasy film. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, I, right. Because yeah. like, it's, this it was, yeah, <laughs> it's dope. It's so cool. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why it makes me so upset is because, barring this little thing, which makes me feel like the whole film falls apart. It's it's stupendous. I think it's a triumph. And like, yeah, it's it's. I find it deeply frustrating for that reason. But I want to. I I do want to circle back to what you're saying about um the the save the cat moment because I, I think there's one which is he treats the girl who died in the house oh right. yeah that is his one moment right mm. yeah but that's like halfway through the movie Jeez, it is it's late but it does it's it is his save the cat moment and the unfortunate thing is that I don't think it's enough to, to make it clear at the end the point of the myth yeah because they the one thing they make clear is that the right thing is still the right thing right like he needs to go through with it they do make that clear yes what they don't make clear is the idea of the myth that is and that and not only should you like and then you are rewarded for it right and I don't know. I don't know. It's just... It's it's such a bare-bones story that to miss the crucial plot point feels so frustrating. But I want to come back around to what you're talking about of, like, it's missing filmmaking things. Because from my perspective, it isn't. It isn't missing filmmaking things. It's missing a storytelling and adaptation and understanding of mythology thing.
1: Yeah. I I guess for me, it's like like there's the film doesn't have like a very traditional like whether you know it it doesn't have like a traditional three four five act structure Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like and they do this like in the film with like the little title cards in between for the chapters right yeah um which makes it kind of feel like an indie film like (laughs) like so many indie films that do like chapter breaks like Slight. How does slight Wes
0: Anderson feel with those? Yeah,
1: yeah, like it, like a Moonrise Kingdom feel or Me and Earl and the Dying Girl kind of feel, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is a strange comparison, but they do the same thing. I think that f- for me, like when I go to the movie theater to like watch a sort of like, like epic fantasy film, which is I think is what this is classified as, is an epic fantasy film. Yeah, is like I have an expectation of like tropes certain tropes certain techniques certain like storytelling conventions right and mm-hmm. for me the big one was save the cat like in the first like 30 minutes of the movie your protagonist is supposed to say is supposed to do something that even though they're you know even though they may not be a good person it does show that deep down they are right like like indiana jones right like um in uh, raiders of the lost ark he he gives alfred molina his whip Right. Even though like he could very much die, but he gives him the whip anyway. And then Alfred Molina betrays him. And all of a sudden, you now are rooting for Indy so much more. And they even have like two save the cat moments. Right. Because after he gets out, like he loses to Belloc and there's another save the cat moment there. Um, Like he's constantly saving cats, Harrison Ford cat saver. And like, there's only this, like, like you pointed out, there's only that one moment with, um, with the with with the dead girl, and it's like, damn, like that that comes in at like minute forty five or something, like something, yeah. And it's like, that's really late, and like I get it, but and then it's it, not followed. It's not followed
0: by a steady progression upward either.
1: Yeah, because by that point, right, he's already been robbed, abandoned, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, like, like I think. Like, the, like, if there was something a little bit before he got robbed and abandoned, it would have been a little bit easier to kind of sympathize with him in those yeah. moments. Whereas, like, you kind of watch and you're like, oh, he's such an idiot. And, you know, like, it, it feels less of like a story about bravery and a story more about like cleaning up your act in a, in, in a way, which like I guess is a which story is, about
0: bravery. Which is great. Like, that's because yeah. on some level, I mean, it is a story about cleaning up your act. It's just in Arthurian myth, it's. Hidden behind the chivalic Shival- uh, code, right? Yeah, right. So it's it's the same. It's the same idea. It's just modernized, but they don't. It doesn't stick. It doesn't stick the landing for me. It's about the yeah. landing. It's not about the because I, I I well that's the thing, right? It's yeah. like the first five minutes
1: have to hook your audience, and the last five are all they're going to remember. And I honestly feel like, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you. I think. In, like, talking it out, I think, like, if the ending of the, like, if you forget the save the cat moment in the beginning and you just have the reveal of the joke and, like, the return home or something Mm -hmm. tacked on in, like, five minutes, that might have made the film feel... Different in a way that would have felt more satisfying. Yeah. Like, yeah. More, yeah, more whole. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, cause the way it ends it, like it leaves you wanting to know what happens next, but not necessarily in a good kind of way. Like it, you're almost right. terrified when it ends
0: ambiguously. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't mind ambiguous endings so long as, so long as that's the ending. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the point isn't, it's ambiguous, right? Like, that's that's the story's ending is that it's an ambiguous ending mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing for this movie is that the story has an ending right yeah <laughs> like, it has an ending yeah <laughs> there is a right answer right like yeah and it's and it feels like purposefully misleading to an audience who by the way i think you could watch this movie without a lot of knowledge and actually not know that king arthur's in the movie. Yeah. I I don't know what to. I don't, sometimes I just don't. I, like I don't know what to to make of it sometimes. And and on the one hand, like on the other hand, I haven't thought about a movie this much in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean that's part of what I think makes it all so great. Is like we've been talking about it. Right. I like I just went and bit. saw, Chang chi and Le- Legend of the Ten Rings yesterday. Ooh. And um, I'll say this. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, But outside of like a a couple of things, it's not like the most memorable Mm -hmm. movie to me. Like from from like a structure standpoint, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. like, that's the reason I was really excited about the A24 Green Knight. Yeah. Um, Is that I was excited to see fantasy given a treatment that was unusual, but it needed the ending, you know? And yeah, I, and on like the one hand, like Chung Chi did not leave the, the impression on me that the green Knight did. Yeah. But it was far more satisfying. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, there's there's a completeness to the story because it ends in a certain way that's very cyclical, and Greed Night kind of like it feels very abrupt, right? It feels like a beheading, uh,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> which again is 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 like another testament to the film making, yeah. right? The, the filmmaking is great. It's and again I'm like, if only this hadn't had been a, a story with an ending, yeah. like because otherwise <laughs> this is actually a fantastic ending. I think probably, like, at least what gets me so much about it is, like,
1: the sort of A24 treatment that Green Knight got is something that one day I would hope to be able to do on, like, a fantasy movie, right? Like, be able to yes. make a fantasy movie with that sort of, like, not, like, you know, like, $200 million budget, but, like, uh, like a sub $50 million to make, like, an epic fantasy movie with a very specific, like... Low fantasy, not end of the world kind of story. Or a different,
0: like, look, even. Yeah, a different look, a different feel. Like, here's something I will think. I think the A24 films have opened the door to that. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at, like, I'll just use another Marvel movie. I assume you've seen trailers for The Eternals. Yeah. Those, that film looks way different than the rest of the Marvel movies. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that some doors have gotten to be opened by films like The Green Knight. Yeah. And so like for that reason, I'm glad it exists. I just like it for very personal reasons. There is nothing actually wrong with it unless you have my philosophy on what makes a good apt- adaptation. Right. And if you have a fondness for these sorts of myths.
1: it's It's one of those films that I know... Once there's like a Blu-ray, I'm probably going to get the Blu-ray because I want to see how they made it. Um, mm. And Yeah, because it's, it's like it's, visually. Exactly, visually. And just like, I wonder if they're going to have like an interview, kind of like what they did with The Lord of the Rings, where Peter Jackson talks about like the things he had to cut from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if there's going to be a featurette like that from the director because I would be super curious if like, like they had a featurette where he was just like yep I cut these things and I and here's why. Because oh, I would love to know that. Exactly cuz I feel like that would answer some questions and probably make me like enjoy the movie even, even more cuz it's it's one of those films where like it's so visually and like narratively stunning that I can literally pl- like play the movie back in my brain. And I'm not missing anything. It's it's that memorable, like like we said. And so, yeah. Like when that the Blu-ray green, drops, when that
0: special edition Blu-ray drops, I'm getting I'm getting that. Yeah, like the Green Knight himself on screen. Yes, is a triumph of like cinematography. Yes, of I practical and digital effects exactly, and like sound design. Like oh my goodness, the movement yes. of the Green Knight is a is amazing. Oh. And that's like that's that's the thing. It's just like it's just this endless problem. So like. I want the film to do well. I want yeah. people, I actually want people to like it a lot. I don't, I have my own opinion about it, but I actually really, really want it to have a good reaction think- overall because I want, yeah, I want more people to make movies like this. I think it's an Oscar contender. It will probably win
1: sound Visual effects maybe visual effects and makeup, hair and makeup yeah, and I, and I think it'll be in the category for like best picture, best director, best actor,
0: best cinematography, might give them one of those give yeah, them the, nod, exactly. the nomination exactly, yeah. so
1: I have a feeling it's it's gonna win a couple of Oscars, it's too good not to, um, and like like yeah, i uh yeah i think that's yeah it's a great movie if you haven't seen it i believe it's on streaming you can buy it rent it get a ticket to it highly recommend this movie yeah i
0: know that like we've like we've both been like but like if you like fantasy at all you really should see it yes you really should it's Um, not to be missed
1: because because i think like right just because we're
0: kind of back and forth doesn't mean that you will be uh, yes and here's the thing about it there's the meat in the film to be back and forth on it without ragging on its quality exactly like, we're not talking about whether or not it's a good film we're talking about whether or not it worked for us exactly because we both know it's a it's an incredible film and like yes
1: like we keep harping on right like Everything about the production and the making of that movie and the even the script, like we keep mentioning, is fantastic. There's just a couple of things that, you know, our personal preferences that we are like, oh, I, I wish. And that, I think, is the mark of a great movie when, like, you're interrogating your own personal preferences on whether, you know,
0: in reference to another movie. Um, right. And here's the thing. I remember when we first, like, decided we needed to have this episode and I said, oh, I hated it. I didn't say don't go see it. Exactly. Like there are films that I see where I'd be like, Derek, don't see that. Like it's not worth your time. Mm
1: -hmm. That is
0: not it. I just didn't like it. So, but we probably, we've gone over on this episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's worthy of that. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. (laughs) But yeah, um, so yeah, go see Green Knight and uh, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, You can see what movies I'm watching on Letterboxd.
0: Uh, at Derek Aiello and Dane where can we find you and your work Uh, you can find me at DaneWrites.com there's links to my podcast, music, twitter and um, out to my substack where you can find writing that I post something to about once a week well everyone remember to be brave, be
1: honest and uh, uh, don't be a fool (laughs) yeah Uh, bye bye Catch
0: you later.